Okay, welcome to New Hope Radio, and we're in a series entitled Songs of Joy. God always wanted his people to be joyful, and you know, singing songs to God, about God, are the basis of our joy. They really are, and that's why we sing in church, because we prepare our hearts for his word by filling them with joy because of the things that we're singing. Today we'll continue in our series, and we're going to see how we can praise God through word, song, and life. Oh, now we're going to take our praises outside of the church into everyday life. What do you think of that? What a blessing that is. So now we're not limited to just praising God, say, on a Sunday morning, but we can praise God with the life that we live. So it's a really good message. I hope it inspires you and motivates you to be a true worshiper of God. So let's tune right in and let's go back into our Sunday sermon and see how we can praise God through our word, song, and even our life. Is a word that is spoken with exuberance. It's not hallelujah. It's hallelujah. There's a lot of feeling in that Hebrew word. And it means Praise the Lord. So I want you to pay attention today. Because every time I say, praise the Lord, you say, Hallelujah! I love this church. These people are incredible. You already have it. All right. So just behold. Okay? You know what behold means, right? Very good. Pay attention. Okay. So we're in Psalm 147. Everyone has affection for something. You can have affection for a person. It could be a spouse, a friend. You could have affection for a place, maybe your home, or maybe it's a vacation spot. You can have affection for a thing. Yeah, guys like their cars. Girls like their jewelry. But in the Christian life, we are learning to take that affection and direct it in the proper place. That's the part that the Psalms play in our life. We're currently learning about the value of worship toward God. And we're looking at Psalm 146 all the way to Psalm 150, one Psalm a week. And these are happy Psalms. They're Psalms of celebration, Psalms of joy. Today we arrive at Psalm 147, and we learn that praise to God comes through word, song, and even our life. Praise to God is individual, and it's also corporate. That means that sometimes we do it alone, and sometimes we do it in a group. So let's take a look, beginning in verse 1. Here's what the psalmist said. Praise the Lord. I'm impressed. Let me try that again. That could have, they could have made, just made him, got lucky. Verse 1. Praise the Lord. For it is good to sing praises to our God. For it is pleasant and praise is becoming. So we noted the phrase, it's the Hebrew word halal. It's where we get the word hallelujah. hallelujah. 
So it's a happy song. And you know, the song ends and begins with the same phrase. Praise the Lord. Charles Spurgeon said, Jehovah and happy praise should ever be associated in the mind of a believer. So when we think of Jehovah, who to us is God our Father, Jesus said when you pray, pray like this, Abba, our Father who art in heaven. So to the Old Testament Jews, he was Jehovah, but to us he's Father. And Father, God the Father should always be associated with what? Happy thoughts. So, who is it that should sing, praise the Lord? Anyone who owes anything to the grace of God. Anybody. So we can pay him, or we actually, we cannot pay him, but we can praise him. We cannot ever render back what God has done for us. But we can sing praises, and we can adore him, and we can worship him. So notice in verse 1 again. God, you know, God enjoys our praise. It is good to sing praises to our God. It is pleasant, and praise is becoming. Now that word good in the Hebrew, it means beautiful. It also means festive. It's a beautiful thing to praise God. That's why this is not beautiful when we're praising God. God is good. That's not beautiful. It's beautiful when we worship, when we're free to worship. And it's festive. Worship to God is a celebration. And we're thanking him for who he is and what he's done for us. And the psalmist said, it's also becoming. It means suitable. God is worthy. Oh, yeah? God is worthy of our Praise. If there's one thing we never want to do, it's rob God of what is due to him. And our praise is due to him. Singing with the heart, that's good. Some people say, oh, I'm singing with my heart. Okay, that's good. But singing with the voice is better. And you know why? Because it allows others to join in. There's nothing like a choir, a church congregation, singing like a choir, as the praises reach up all the way to heaven. David said in Psalm 22, Thou art holy, thou inhabits the praises of his people. God inhabits the praises of his people. That's why our worship time is so important. It's a sense of getting into the presence of God. Worship is vital. It prepares our heart. You know, we come to church because we want to learn the Word of God, because the Word of God helps us, leads us, it guides us, it instructs us, it encourages us. But if a heart is not prepared, the Word is not really going to do what it could do. But when a heart is prepared through a time of worship, as we're creating a sensitivity and awareness to God, then the Word goes into what is called prepared soil. It's like sowing seed. You, you soften up the soil first, and then you put, put in the seed. You don't just throw out the seed on hard soil, but you soften it up with a little hole. So we come to church, and we soften our hearts with worshiping God. And then we're ready 
And then when the preacher sows the word, it goes into the heart and it takes root. And that's when it brings about a desired result. So therefore, it is delightful to see and hear the whole assembly praising the Lord. In verse 2, we go from a church of spiritual stones to a church of material stones. He said, the Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the outcasts. See, this psalm has a lot to do with rebuilding the wall around the city. They were celebrating, oh yes, we finally got that wall done. So God, God is not only building a church, but he's bringing people together. Oh, God loves that when he sees people come together and worship. Verse 3, like a mason cements the bricks together, God fits the pieces of our brokenness together. He said, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. You know, your heart can be healed during worship. Sometimes the words, sometimes the words of the preacher, they might not affect you. They might not do much for you that day or touch you. But the worship will. God can heal your heart in the worship. The songs that we sing here, they're beautiful songs. They're doctrinal. They're very accurate biblically. And they're meant to encourage. So again, what does worship do? It heals me. It helps put the pieces of my broken life back together again. You know, a few people associate with the despondent, but God chooses their company and abides with them. God loves to be around broken people. Sometimes people don't want to be around broken people. But God wants to be around broken people because he's in the business of putting us back together. That's what he does. In verse 4, he counts the number of the stars and gives names to all of them. Wow. God, one man said, God counts the stars like a merchant counts his coins. He counts his coins. And all these coins, they're all of different value. And he knows every one of them. Oh, God does that with the stars. He knows every star that he's made. And you know what? <laughs> every star has a name. I'm like, God, how'd you do that? You know what he said? I'm God. Get it there. He knows every star by name. And the stars are without number. God said through Isaiah, lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these stars. The one who leads forth their host by number. He calls them all by name. Even Isaiah said that. You know, we're living in a place we're kind of missing out. I wish we could see the stars more clearly as they do in other parts of the world. It would be awesome. It would be overwhelming. And maybe some of you have had the opportunity to travel to places where there was less light pollution, away from the city, up in the mountains, out in the desert. And it seems like the stars, ooh, they're so low. They're not like way up there, little, little dim lights, but like they're right here. And they're bright and they're shining. I think until we get to see the stars for how they really are, will we not appreciate them? 
It's worth it sometime. Just go. Spend a night somewhere where it's just nature and the stars and really see the beauty that God has created. We sing that song, Lord, I'm amazed by you. It's a beautiful song because it speaks about the greatness of God, what God does, who God is, something that we need to be reminded of regularly. We really do. We have to be reminded of the creative power of God. And where does that come from? Knowing God. This is why we're here. Just want to know God. That's all. We all have our issues. We all have our trials and struggles and tribulations. We're all dealing with something. But we do have one thing in common. We just want to know God. That's all. We want to know Jesus because we know he can help us. And we know he gives us beautiful promises. And he's going to take us home one day. That's what we share in common. Maybe that's the only thing that we share. But it's enough to bring us all together in worship. Verse 5, look at the works of God. Great is our Lord and abundant in strength. His understanding is infinite. So guys, maybe you can't figure her out, but God can. <laughs> well, maybe he can't. I don't know. His understanding is infinite. The Lord, he supports the afflicted. He brings down the wicked to the ground. Verse 7, sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. What's the attitude of worship? Thankfulness. God, I'm here. I know right now, God, my life stinks, but I'm thankful. I know right now, God, my back hurts, but I'm singing to you. I'm thankful. Right now, I got stuff going on. I don't like it, but I'm still thankful to you because of who he is and what he's done. So we sing with thanksgiving. Sing praises to him, our God, on the lyre. It's a stringed instrument. You know, voices are beautiful, but it's good to worship God with instruments. He likes that. Verse 8, he covers the heavens with clouds. He provides rain for the earth. He makes grass to grow on the mountains. Like, oh, who does all that? God. God is in charge of the creation. And you know what? He's making it happen. He's making your little tomatoes in your backyard grow. That's not magic. God makes them grow. He created the science for all of that to happen. He's responsible for this whole creation. Everything. You know what? He created it and he maintains it. The Bible says, oh, with the word of his power. And he maintains us right here with the word of his power. So we get into the word of God. Why? Because it holds us up. Verse 9. He gives to the beast its food and to the young ravens which cry. See, the psalmist is just outlining all the wonderful things that God does. And a lot of what he does, he does for us. He creates an earth that can sustain us and that can bless us and feed us and provide for us and give us joy. He's done all that for us. You know, I feel sorry for people 
that are far from God. I really do. You know, they think they have it all together. They think they have it made. They don't need God. No, I feel sorry for them because they don't realize who God is. They don't realize, as we just outlined here, his strength. God has great strength. They haven't realized his understanding that God can give them understanding. And also, God understands them. You know, maybe nobody understands you, but God does. God understands how we feel, why we feel, what we're going through. He does. They haven't yet realized that God covers. God gives us a covering. He stops the sun from burning us up, that we wouldn't vaporize. He provides. He makes things grow. He gives to us, and he gives to the beasts of the earth. See, people far from God, man, they are so void. They really are. They're empty. They have nothing going on inside of them. And it's not to judge them. It's to, it's to have an opportunity one day, hopefully, to share with them. Share Christ. Feel sad for them that they're missing out on, wow, a relationship with their creator, the one who made them, and the one who sustains them. Missing out. Missing out on having a relationship with the one who loves them more than anyone else ever would or ever could. Those far from God, see, they don't know God this way, like you do. Like we come to church every week and we learn to know God a little bit more. Hopefully every time you leave here, You've learned just a little bit more, that's all. You've just learned something about God. You've developed a little more confidence in who God is, that he's in your life, that he's for you, he's not against you. And the beautiful song that we sang today, here, no matter what, I'll never forsake you. That's a beautiful song. It's good to know there's nothing I can do that God will turn his back on me. Why? He's my heavenly father. He wouldn't do that. Jesus paid for all my failures. He has no reason to turn his back on me. Verse 10, it's not our human strength, but his divine strength that in us that God desires. Notice what it says. He does not delight in the strength of the horse. He does not take pleasure in the legs of a man. Which means God doesn't want us to live in our own devices. He wants us to lean on him. Wow. A lot of people think, oh, no, man, God, God, I don't need God for a crutch. As if that's some kind of macho statement. God's not my crutch. He's my stretcher. He carries me. He doesn't just help me limp along. He just carries me through. See, the Lord loves that. He desires to be there and carry you through. He wants you to live in his power, not your power. He wants you to live in his thinking, not your thinking. He wants you to live in a life of dependence upon him. Why? Because of love. So he can demonstrate his love toward us. Verse 11, the Lord favors those who fear him. 
That doesn't mean to be afraid of him. It means to honor him, reverence him, respect him, that they've got God in the proper place. And where's that proper place? Numero uno. He's number one. He's not on the back burner of my stove. He's right there in the front. He's on the front burner. He's got the proper place. What does the Bible say? That God favors those who put him first. Those who wait for his, oh, loving kindness. They wait for God to show loving kindness. Because he's got it, and he'll show it. Then verse 13. This is now a, a celebration because the gates have now been installed in the wall. And the gates are the last thing to go into the wall around Jerusalem. And what did the psalmist say? He has strengthened the bars of your gates. He has blessed your sons within you. See, it's a beautiful picture of protection. Remember, Nehemiah went to rebuild the wall around the city. They're celebrating. And now the gates are going into the wall, and it's like, yes, we're done. And we are totally protected. We are safe inside the walls. And God wants us to know, you know what? We're safe in him. We're safe in God. We just have to continue to look to him. Sometimes we look away. You know what happens when we look away from God? We forget God. Peter on the boat, right? He's got his eyes on Jesus. He's walking on water. Wow, Peter, you're doing good. And he looked away. And once he looked away, he lost all his confidence. And he sank. But the Lord rescued him. We can't look away. Don't look away. Don't let fear cause you to look away. Don't let selfishness, don't let greed, don't let anything cause you to look away. Because as long as you're looking at him, you're, you're, you know that you're safe, that you're protected. In verse 14, he makes peace in your borders. He satisfies you with the finest of wheat. And here he's talking about security, protection, provision. That's what God wants us to know. Listen, I'm your security. I'm your protection. I'm your provision. Do not forget that you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. He's called the Holy Spirit of promise. And what's the promise? Heaven's your home. So the Holy Spirit was given to you at the moment of salvation sealed you, marked you out as belonging to God, and you belong to God. Nothing can change that. And then at the proper time, when you check out from this earth, you're present with the Lord. You're sealed until the day of redemption. And the day of redemption is when you arrive in heaven. You're there. You don't need to be sealed anymore. Because you're there. But right now, every believer is sealed by the Holy Spirit. It means we're protected and we're mocked out as belonging to God. We belong to God. God's our Father. We are His children. That will never change. Ever. 
That's why we praise the Lord. That's right. You have peace with God. Every one of us are at peace with God. And we are complete in Him. You know what Paul said in Colossians 2.10? In Him you've been made complete. Hmm. That means I don't need to get more from God. You know, some guys preach, well, you know, you gotta, you got to get the second blessing, or you need more power, or you need this, or you got to get that. No. You've got it all. God filled you with everything you need at the moment you were saved. So what do we do now? Ah, Philippians 2.12. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Now we're working out everything God put in us. We're not going to God. God, put more in me. No, I'm complete in Christ. I'm working out what he put in. That's the journey. That's our Christian life. Learning to work out the things that God has placed inside of me because I'm complete. See, we do know this, that God allows for easy times in life, but he also allows for difficult times. He does. He allows for both, easy and difficult. How blessed is the one who can see him in the winter of their life and the difficult times. The psalmist tells us in verse 16, he gives snow like wool, he scatters the frost like ashes, he casts forth his ice as fragments. Who can stand before his cold? But then notice, he sends forth his word and melts them. He causes the wind to blow and the waters to flow. So yes, in the good times, we like it. In the bad times, God is there. And I'll tell you what, God is always there. And that's one thing he really wants us to know, that he's always there. Once again, not able to complete the whole message here on the air, but you can go to our YouTube channel. Go to YouTube, type in New Hope Christian Church, Swansea. Click Playlist, then click Created Playlist. The series title, Songs of Joy, and today's message, Praising God Through Word, Song, and Life. How important it is that we learn to use our whole lives to praise the Lord. You can also catch our podcast and get the same message on YouTube and Spotify. Just type in the Hope Club podcast, and you can get all of our messages there. Like I've been saying, great drive time. You know what? You're on your way. You're on your way home, wherever you're going. Listen to the Word of God. Hey, thank you for coming along today. Appreciate everybody's interest in New Hope Radio. This is a good message to listen to over and over again. Let your life become that which is just constant. Praise toward our God, for He is worthy. Thanks again for coming along. I'll see you next time for more of New Hope Radio.